Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. We are in our series. We have... Uh, two more weeks, I guess, in our series, Trusting Through Transition. And as our preview stated, our transition this week is Jesus um, leaving his disciples, but much more importantly, leaving them with such a precious gift. I don't know if there's a more important transition in scripture, that there are many, um, than Jesus ascending into the heavens but leaving us with an even more concentrated version of himself. Anybody remember those frozen concentrates from when you were a kid? You would make juice with them, whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's, the whole, that's how you could think of the Holy Spirit. It's just, of course, it's going to be a grape juice concentrate, but more concentrated version of Jesus is this Holy Spirit that he leaves with us, um, who leads and guides us into all truth. I can't even begin to think and imagine of these disciples who had walked for Jesus, with Jesus for three years, who had seen him heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, multiply food, and he's like, all right, it's time for me to go. The mix of emotions, and you think of that the night of the Last Supper where Jesus is saying, I'm leaving you, but I'm leaving you with an even greater gift than I am. And like, Jesus, there is no greater gift than you. How is that possible? The Trinity is three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that when you see one, when you hear one, you've seen the other. That God desires for us intimacy that is, exists in the Trinity with all three persons. So today, Jesus changed the subject. This is what the title of our message is today, that Jesus changed the subject. That the presence of God, which I think works sometimes interchangeably as the Holy Spirit, was a thing and a place. This is what a subject is. You didn't think you were having a little English lesson today, all right? So this is a little English lesson. A subject is a person, a place, or a thing. For years, the presence of God existed in this Ark of the Covenant that was covered with gold, inlaid with gold, and it had these cherubim and seraphim on the top. Those angels had wings that formed, and when they touched, that became the mercy seat. This mercy seat was a place where blood was placed to cleanse the nation of Israel. Every single year, a priest had to do that ceremoniously. They would walk in. They had to wash mixed water with ashes so that their inside would be clean. And they had to pour the blood so that their outside would be clean. And here was Jesus again as the perfect lamb offering, becoming more than this yearly sacrifice. And more than that, that he would be the, it would be the last time there would have to be A sacrifice. If you wanted to experience the presence of God, you had to go physically into the Holy of Holies, whether it was in a tent or it was eventually in Jerusalem. This presence, this Holy Spirit of God was a place and it was a thing. It was somewhere you had to visit 
and to go. But Jesus changed all that. He transitioned so well that he said, I am leaving you, but I'm leaving you with someone so much better than myself. There, here we have in John 16, which John 14, 15, and 16 is, I want like to call it a diatribe, but it was a monologue. It was a, a soliloquy, Jesus beginning to explain what was going to happen when he left. He wasn't just going to leave us. He was going to explain to his disciples everything that was happening. And in John 14 and John 15 and John 16, we have a similar refrain, a promise of this gift that will lead and guide us to all truth. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. That he left and left the Holy Spirit at the same time. Such a beautiful gift that we have that opens up and testifies and witnesses to the power of Jesus. But we have so many paths of power in life, right? There is only one path of power that I've seen endorsed by heaven. And it is the one where we receive the spirit of truth and the comforter of all things. But trust me, even in myself, I wrestle with all these other paths that look so beautiful and sexy as an artist, as a creative. Maybe I'll be an Instagram influencer, God. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's my path to power. Maybe I'll be a, a food network chef. I don't know what it is. We have all these enticing ways to power, but there's only one that has been confirmed as a, and affirmed as the way to power, that we would be able to receive the Spirit, and we will fully explore this next week as it is Pentecost Sunday, so you can't really touch the subject of the Holy Spirit until then. Why is the Holy Spirit treated as such as the lesser member in the Trinity? When these are the last words that Jesus said, I will leave you with the comforter, with the promise, the spirit of truth who will lead you and guide you. But we think it's optional to leave the Holy Spirit behind. I love the Father. I love the Son. But the Spirit is what manifests the very presence of God with us. It is no longer just a place or a thing. That this Holy Spirit moves and lives inside of us. Jesus changed the subject. What is that subject? Is can or will God dwell in man? Can or will God dwell with man? Is that a possibility? We know for centuries we've been able to worship him, much like other tribes and tongues have, but can we actually dwell with God and in him? That the Comforter holds all of this truth that unfolds about who Jesus is. So to know him is literally to know Jesus. To know and fellowship and worship with him, his spirit. Just so we were talking with kids and their parents leave. No, I don't want my parents to leave. <laughs> Everything feels 
unstable. This person who has fed me my whole life, this person who has cared for me, who has clothed me. And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm leaving you with someone. You know, if Jesus, if Jesus was really on this earth, he is. If I can only see and touch Jesus, you can. It's his Holy Spirit. It's his Holy Spirit that we think is the lesser member of the Trinity, therefore a lesser version of Jesus. It is the same spirit that raised him from the dead. Jesus transitioned so well that he said, when you see me, you see the Father. And you're about to receive directly from our, the Trinity as well. This is Jesus, his really last words before telling his disciples to wait for the Spirit I think I forgot a verse in there. Acts 1, 5 through 8. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore your kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Look at this path to power they wanted. Lord, are you at this time going to restore your kingdom to Israel? They were asking for a political and a military solution. And Jesus is saying, no, this is a completely different path to power than you would even you would expect. And it's not for you to know the times or the days the Father is set by his own authority because the Holy Spirit is no longer a place or a thing. Say, he's no longer a place, a place or a thing. It is no longer a section of the supermarket we visit whenever we would like to take this product off the shelf. He has become the very access point for us to become a witness. I don't feel like witnessing. Why? Why not? Do you know how empowered by the Holy Spirit you are? Do you know that God speaks to you and the more you listen to him, the more the Spirit gets dominion over your life? That then we will be a witness that we are empowered to be witnesses upon the earth through this spirit of truth that Jesus has left. That there's this gift of intimacy that God has been trying to bring us into forever. But now we live in a world where we are in danger of quenching the spirit for what? A lot of reasons. Lack of efficiency. (laughs) Nothing that God created is efficient. Nothing is. Of course, there is a more direct path to power than this meandering path of the Spirit. God, I need you to answer my prayer really quickly. Like, I I really need it. 
He's like, oh, let's go on a journey. You, know what you ever talk with an old person and you, they're just like, or they could even be a young person. And you're like, uh, do you want to go to the store? Well, I remember one time I went to this store and it was like, it was one of the best places that I've been. And they had some water chestnuts. And they, you know, you're like, what are you talking? It's a meandering path. God, I need a new job. Tell me what to do about this job. Let's talk about your relationship with your mother. How, what, how does that fit? Because God is doing things that we can't imagine, but only we are subjected to his spirit. That we can always choose our own way, but can we choose to be subjected and empowered by his witness? Us coming back to Chicago even was really about us understanding we made a decision and from a very practical place. It makes sense for us to live in Tulsa, right? It makes sense for us to be close to our family. It's, it's a very practical thing. People make decisions like that all the time based on money, based on prestige, based on a path to power. We, we make those decisions, but they don't work for us. Why? Because money is a horrible leader. <laughs> and God meant it when he said, you cannot serve God and money. People have been trying to do it for centuries, right? I can do both, God. I can be really ambitious and make decisions because I need more bread. Come on, God. I can do that. You can't serve both. You got to put one down to serve the other. And guess which one people usually put down? The one who is the comforter and the spirit who leads us and guides us in all truth. Well, God, it works for them. I've seen it on Instagram. Come on. It works for them. They don't seem to have any problems in their life. Trust me, they have problems in their life. As the wise prophet Salty the Talking Bible says, the grass looks greener in your neighbor's yard. It might seem sunny, but it's raining hard. And if you don't know what salty is, go YouTube that when you get home. It was a talking Bible. <laughs> the 90s was wild, y'all. <laughs> a talking cartoon Bible <laughs> to teach you about Scripture. I was looking through this file that I have of testimonies that have happened around here. And uh, I came across one that happened right at this Burger King right here. And it says, uh, Sherry, Jane, and Gabe also ministered to people there, and God really touched people by his love. A guy who had been hit crossing the very street that we were on, North Avenue, got his leg healed from seven years of pain. We prayed, and he was surprised and began to walk in a way that he had not before. Shortly thereafter, we found a guy standing outside of a Burger King and began to speak into his life. We prayed for him. Many began to gather around as we released hope. And Gabe and Jane saw a man's foot get healed after much pain. Going inside, one of the team brought a guy a sandwich, and we were able to minister to him and see him give his life to Jesus. A great time blessing people dearly loved by the Father. The only path to power that Jesus has endorsed is one where we generously give to others from a storehouse that we don't keep, right? Right? And even in our generosity, where we have 
this bread, this money, whatever, and we're giving it to people, it is truly from the Lord's storehouse. And I don't want you to feel like or believe that um, I think money is evil and that we shouldn't make money because, you know, nothing runs without money. It doesn't. But it is a great servant, but not a great leader. That we'll find ourselves in places where we don't really want to be led into. But it's something about this path to being empowered, an empowered witness of Jesus Christ. And what does it do? It shows us how to be, say, this is what Jesus has done in my life. It's amazing. It's wonderful that he baptizes us in the spirit with his goodness. That he makes us whole by beginning to shake all the things that is left. In 1 John 5, 68, it says, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. It was important that Jesus came by both, right? Because the ceremonial cleansing in the temple had to take place with blood and with water. When Jesus was on the cross and he was stabbed with a spear, what came out? Blood and water. That there is a cleansing that happens in us that is testified by the Spirit. Say, by the Spirit. By the Spirit we are cleansed. By this, the, the blood of Jesus we are cleansed, but the Spirit testifies of it. And we are in agreement. And Jesus not only transitioned well, he empowered us to witness. That he even left more of himself to be discovered. There's something about me where I am, I am, no, I am at my worst when I'm comparing myself to other people. But I'm beginning to say, but look, God, look what they got. Look, look what I don't have. Look what that I can't really see all the blessing he's put in front of me. I can't see all the ways that he's shown up. I can less than often be able to share that goodness with somebody else. Because the more grateful I am, what? The better witness I become. That by his spirit, I understand that he has empowered us to be grateful for what he is giving us and not in comparison. It is as if I am spitting in the face of the blessing that God has given me by comparing it to someone else. And God is like, you know what? I crafted this and made this, per- I, I made this gift for you. Look, I crafted it for you. Ugh, I want the one that they have. Because it looks better from where I'm standing. I mean, their vacation obviously was better than mine. <laughs> So, so I need to have that, God. Can, can you give me that, please? I need that same thing. And he's like, I, but I made this gift for you. And this is this Holy Spirit 
that some of us have yet to begin to unwrap and unravel. But I promise when you do, it is clarity on what you should do. It is clarity in the way you empower to step out of your family script. It is clarity on the way that you can step out of addiction. It is clarity on a way that you can walk into healing, but our gratefulness is what begins to make us a witness. That we remember the Spirit testifies of Jesus. An old school testimony service is what we need to have again, right? You may not know what that is. And it wasn't just a testimony service. It was a testimony that happened in the beginning of service. It's like, who wants to testify? Somebody would raise their hand up, and it was always the same, one of the same ladies who would get up. She didn't, gratefulness. I just want to thank God for waking me up in my right mind. I got clothes on my back. I got shoes on my feet. There is something that stirs in us when we just decide to be grateful. God, I thank you, God that I could come to church. God, I thank you that I do have clothing. I thank you that everybody's healthy, God. It, it makes us a witness of, for Jesus. That was like, I, I can, man, I feel so far away from sharing Jesus with somebody that I know that I need to. Stir up gratefulness. I guarantee you that gap will close. Because you begin to meditate on the things that he's done and not what he hasn't done. And then you see the large gift that you have. And people are walking around subsisting on scraps. And you don't go. Once you start seeing people in that path, in that earthly path to power, it is hard to get off of that. It is hard to change your mind from that. But there is something when you're grateful when God has, you see that Jesus is this large gift. He's not an inconvenience. He's not offensive. He is calling people into himself, and he needs us to be his witness. I just want to thank the Lord for putting, like, it's all stuff that we can do ourselves, right? We think we can do ourselves. But thanking God for the things that we have started to become entitled to the things that we deserve anyway. I just want to thank you for that, Father. I thank you for this church, God. I thank you for the opportunity for us to meet. I thank you that you meet our needs consistently, Father. I thank you that you've allowed us to see people come to Jesus and be transformed by your spirit. We thank you, Father. It all comes back to this. All right, so I'm going to simplify it for you. It's been very complex this far, right? The subject that Jesus changed is he went from us seeing a place or a thing to a person, right? It's no longer a place or a thing. People 
love to visit places, Jerusalem, where Jesus was actually laid in a tomb, the streets he actually walked on. This was a reality in the world that Jesus walked around in. You had to be in a place to experience the thing. Jesus in his transition, in his breaking the Holy Spirit out of the box that it was in. And he said, no longer is it a place or a thing for you to walk down. Yes, the Via de la Rosa is amazing. Yes, to go into the tomb that Jesus laid in is amazing. But now his spirit is a person that exists wherever a believer is. This was revolutionary because you can only see things as where they were and where they existed. But a person now that can move around and live inside of our hearts. He changed the subject. No longer just in that place. So if that's too complex to explain, he took the butter out of the fridge. All right? We'll put it that way, okay? The butter was in the fridge. It was hard for people to get to. He took it out, and now it's easier to spread. I mean, it just works. (laughs) Mashiach, to smear or to spread, that he now has given us this spirit that lives in us as a person. See, you can't get to know a place. Maybe you can get to know a place. Maybe you can get to know a thing, but oh, you can get to know a person. And Jesus said, I'm not just leaving you with a place or a thing. I'm leaving you with a a person, this comforter, the spirit of truth who will lead and guide you in every single way as if you're walking together, sharing gifts in every single moment. You no longer need a tour guide to experience the presence of God. He has been broken out to make us each a witness. In John 14... If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Say forever. Forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. My mommy comes back, my mommy comes back, my mommy comes back to get me. She always comes back. Kid song, but (laughs) I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And the spirit is a promise of that. A down payment of Jesus returning to us. The butter is out of the fridge. And it was in a place where only few people could reach it. But no, it's come out. Let that room temperature get on it. Mm, You get that fresh bread. Woo! (laughs) A person. 
that everything happens in a certain place until the Holy Spirit shows up. So us moving, yes, we've been in this place, but what we're really about to see is how the Holy Spirit now travels, right? We're about to see how this presence of God, the very presence of God is a thing in a place. But when you say Holy Spirit, you're talking about a person that empowers us to make disciples, to reach the lost, to pray and see people healed. This is a part of our process of moving from passivity into deliberation, that Jesus is the best at rewriting the subject. You guys want to stand up?